0: The reading is 1 Corinthians, chapter 11, verses 17 to 34. In the following directives, I have no praise for you, for your meetings do more harm than good. In the first place, I hear that when you come together as a church, there are divisions among you, and to to some extent, I believe it. No doubt, there have to be differences among you, to show which of you have God's approval. So then, when you come together, it is not the Lord's supper you eat, for when you are eating, some of you go ahead with your own private suppers. As a result, one person remains hungry and another gets drunk. Don't you have home to eat and drinks in? Or do you have to or do you despise the church of God by humiliating those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you? Certainly not in this matter. For I received from the Lord what I also pass on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So then, whoever eat the bread or drink the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves, before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ, eat and drink judgment on themselves. That is why many among you are weak and ill, and a number of you have fallen asleep. But if we were more discerning with regard to ourselves, we would not come under such judgment. Nevertheless, when we are judged in this way by the Lord, we are being disciplined, so that we will not be finally condemned with the world. So then, my brothers and sisters, when you gather to eat, you should all eat together. Anyone who is hungry should eat something at home, so that when you meet together, it may not result in judgment. And when I come, I will give further instruction. This is the word of the law. Thanks be to God.
1: Thank you for reading that, and uh, my name is Richard. If we haven't met, it's uh, great to be with you, uh, those who are here, and uh, those who are at home. It's good to have you with us as well. And uh, we are, as uh, Pete said, and as uh, you can see behind me, uh, we're going to share the Lord's Supper together for the first time in a long while as a whole church family. And uh, some of have had the experience, I guess, over the last few weeks, the last few months, of sort of first time after a long while of someone coming to your home for a meal, and slightly panicking, maybe this is just in our house, but uh, how do we do this? Uh, where are the plates? Do we have enough chairs? Uh, how do we get them to leave when it's, uh, you know, bedtime? Um, and if you'd been here uh, earlier this morning, we were in a similar panic, just trying to remember how do we do this. And uh, that's all sorted. Uh, I'll talk more about sort of the mechanics, the logistics of how we're going to uh, get people served later. Let me just say now, because some people will be wondering, we're going to be sharing bread and uh, not wine together today. And uh, that's all been prepared uh, following the Church of England's uh, guidance at the moment to make sure things are safe. And I'll say more about the practical things later. But before we get there, we're going to think about what it is that we're doing. Uh, not so much practically, but spiritually. As we come together and as we share uh, the Lord's Supper, Holy Communion, the Eucharist, uh, what is it that we're doing? And uh, Paul's words uh, from 1 Corinthians 11 that we just uh, read will help us in that. So if you want to see 1 Corinthians 11, that's what we're going to be looking at, and uh, as we do, let me lead us in a prayer. Our Father, we thank you that as we've heard, as we've sung, we come to you as those trusting in Jesus' blood, and forgiven in him, and adopted in him, and made yours in him. And so trusting in him, we ask that you would feed us today in your word and uh, in the Lord's Supper. That you would strengthen us, strengthen our faith in him, strengthen our uh, following him in the week to come. Amen. Uh, So what is happening as uh, we share the Lord's Supper? Uh, Let me say up front a couple of things that we're not going to talk about now, just uh, for sake of time. Uh, One is, as Pete showed us, when we share the Lord's Supper, we uh, look to the past. We remember that Jesus died on the cross. His body was broken. His blood was poured out. We remember that we are forgiven. Because of his death on the cross. We look to the past. And uh, we uh, had it read. Jesus says, uh, do this in remembrance of me. We look back, we remember. Uh, Second thing, we look to the future. As well as to the past and the cross, we look to the future. Again, uh, Jesus said, whenever you... So this is Paul uh, commenting on what Jesus said. Uh, Paul says, whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. We look to the future. And if you are with us last week, we thought about the fact that there's a, a promise for God's people that in the future we will feast with the Lord. And uh, this is a small a taste, a token, to keep us going until then. So we look to the past and the cross. We look to the future and the feast. And that's all I'm saying about those uh, for this morning. Because this morning we're thinking, what is happening here and now? And today, what is it that we're doing as we share uh, bread and wine together. Bread today, but uh, wine in the fullness. Uh, what is it that we're doing? And uh, from, from 1 Corinthians 11, uh, two things that I wanted us to see that we're doing. And uh, the first is that we eat together. We eat together. Over the last few weeks in church, we've been thinking about hospitality and sharing meals and sharing homes. And one of the things we've seen is that it does draw people together. When we sit at a table and we eat together, We grow closer as family together. And uh, so it is with uh, the Lord's Supper. We eat together. This meal expresses our unity. This meal creates and sustains and and strengthens our unity together as one church family. And actually, in the previous chapter of 1 Corinthians, Corinthians, back in chapter 10, uh, Paul sort of states that positively. And so in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 17, he says, Because there is one loaf... We who are many are one body, for we all share the one life. There's something about sharing this meal together, sharing one loaf, that means we are one body together. That's the positive statement. Negatively, in Corinth, things were going wrong. So you'd have heard as it was read, uh, people are sort of uh, coming to church, but then eating in their own households. And some have got this sort of lavish feast, as their hamper overflows, and others have very little, because that's all they had at home. And some are getting drunk, that's how much they're having, and some are going hungry. And Paul says, that's awful. He says, your meetings do more harm than good. He says, it's not the Lord's Supper that you eat because of that. See, if we come together and sort of, if separate households eat their own private meals, Paul says, that is not the Lord's Supper. It may be bread and wine, they may be remembering Jesus' death, but it isn't the Lord's Supper. The Lord's Supper is a meal that we eat together. It's a meal that draws us together. That's one of the reasons, over the last year and a half, we've had online services, and this is sort of the hybrid service, as people are here and at home. And over that year and a half, we haven't had an online communion service, a Lord's Supper service online, for this reason. That this isn't a meal we can recreate in our own households. It's a meal to eat together. And as I say this, I know that some are at home and are not able to be a part of this physically. And while we feel that pain, we'd say, that is, a, the nature of this meal is that we eat it together. And so we wouldn't encourage you, for example, to grab a, a bottle of wine and a slice of bread and join in because we're not together. Having said that, we don't want people at home to be excluded, to miss out, and if you would like, Uh, We're at a point again where we can start doing home communion services and uh, a minister and one or two people uh, come to you and share this together uh, with some others. If you'd like to do that, please do get in touch. Uh, But it's a meal we eat together. And for those of us in the room, it's worth thinking that means part of preparation for this meal is to, to look around the room physically, mentally, and think, is there anyone here that I haven't said sorry to yet? Because this is a meal we eat together. If there's someone here who I couldn't really sit at a table with, you know, across the table and and chat as we eat because of something I haven't said sorry about yet, then we need to deal with that. It's uh, been more than once that uh, during the preparation for a communion service, as some of the things being said at the front, I've had to lean over to uh, my wife's ear and just say, yeah, I'm sorry about that. Uh, Can we talk about it later? One of the reasons why, and again, we're not doing it today, but uh, churches would often share the peace and have a chance to move around and talk to others. It's that chance to say, I'm sorry. And can we be united again in Christ? And sometimes it might be that actually the thing to do is to, to not share communion today, to sort out that relationship, and next time come back and enjoy. It's a meal we eat together. And the positive side of that is, there is something delightful of seeing people coming forwards for bread and for wine, bread today, and thinking, these are my people. Some of them I know well, some of them not really at all. Some of them I like a lot, some of them not really at all. Uh, no one in this room, of course. Uh, but uh, those, we are one together. And as we all come forward and share from the one loaf, we are one. We eat together. Uh, secondly, second thing to see is that uh, we feed on Christ. As we eat together, we feed on Christ. Oh, just have a think. Um, Pete sort of reenacted some of it uh, for us earlier, but imagine you'd been in that room and you'd been with Jesus at that first supper and he broke bread and he held it to you and said, This is my body. Eat it. And then he took a cup. And he said, this is my blood. Drink it. I wonder, as so like caught off guard, how you would have reacted, what you would have uh, thought, what you would have felt as you were faced with that instruction, invitation, offer, whatever it would be. And if part of you would be sort of slightly confused, slightly bemused, in many ways you'd be in good company because through church history, uh, the church has tried to wrestle with what did Jesus mean? And uh, there are a whole sort of separate denominations, separate churches, who diverged because they disagree on what they think Jesus meant. And uh, you'll be pleased to know I'm not giving you, you know, the, the full history of what everyone thought and why and how they all disagreed. Uh, in the next few minutes, I'm going to say what the, the Church of England historically has believed and taught, and um, which is happy for me. I'm a Church of England minister, and I think it's it is what the Bible says. Uh, but it may be that this is sort of slightly new, slightly different, slightly weird, or that you'd just disagree having thought this through before. And that's fine. Uh, Protestant evangelical Christians have disagreed on some of this and, uh, we love each other. We love the scriptures together. Uh, but for the sake of time, I'm just going to give, uh, uh, one side, um, which as I say, I think is right, but we can talk later if you'd like to. And that is that we feed on Christ as we share this meal. And Church of England theologians uh, through the years have talked about there being a a double feeding, or a a two-level feeding, to help us understand what's going on here. So on the one level, there's the the physical feeding, which is that we take some bread, and we put it in our mouths, and we chew, and we swallow, and you know what happens after that. Uh, A physical feeding. And that in that sense, all that we are doing on that level is eating bread, uh, if you're interested, I checked. The bread we're eating today comes from Sainsbury's, and uh, it's the same sort of bread that some of us would have had as our uh, toast this morning. And so there's that that level. There's the physical level. We're eating bread, we would be drinking wine, and uh, may that be again soon. But simultaneously, there's because there, it's a double feeding, a two-level feeding. Spiritually, we're feeding on Christ. Now we don't take Him in our mouths. We don't chew. Uh, we don't swallow. Because he is received by faith in our hearts rather than by swallowing into our stomachs. But these two levels, this double feeding, spiritually feeding on Christ, physically eating bread, they're so tightly connected that one happens by means of the other. Uh, it's expressed in um, one of the sort of classic statements in the, the Church of England's liturgy, and, and I'll say this later as we come to the table. The invitation is to eat and drink in remembrance that Christ died for you and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. Both come together. Now, why is it that the Church of England has uh, believed that and uh, various Christians have? Uh, Again, uh, we could talk more, but just uh, one verse again. From the previous chapter, uh, Paul writes... Isn't the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks a participation in the blood of Christ? And isn't the bread that we break a participation in the body of Christ? That as we break bread, as we share a cup, we are participating, we are sharing, we are feeding on Christ himself and his body and his blood. Not what we eat in our mouths, that's bread. It came from Sainsbury's. But as we eat it in our hearts by faith, we feed on Christ and the, the two come together. Eating bread is the means of receiving Christ, of feeding on him in our hearts by faith. Which means then, it is a a serious business what we're about to do. Because as we eat bread, we feed on Christ, we receive him. Uh, Paul goes on, having uh, remembered that Jesus said, this is my body, this is my blood. Paul says, so then. Whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Everyone not to examine themselves before they eat the bread and drink from the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ, eat and drink judgment on themselves. Guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Eat and drink judgment on themselves. Because these two feedings come together, because by eating bread we receive Christ, it's a serious business as we come to the table. And so as I finish, let me say a word to to four different groups uh, who might be in the room. Uh, What what do we do with this? How do we respond to it? And the first is, if you're here and you wouldn't call yourself a Christian, I I hope you know we are thrilled that you're here. Uh, If you're watching and you wouldn't call yourself a Christian, uh, someone sent you the link. We love that you're here. But we would say this isn't a meal for you at the moment. And the bread itself, it's a tiny square of bread that we're giving to people. It's not going to do you a lot of good. And because Jesus isn't received by eating bread, but is received by faith, if you don't have that faith in him, that trust in him, then this meal won't help you. Now, you won't be surprised, I'm a Christian minister. We'd love to walk with you to a point where that is true, where you can receive Jesus by faith. But if you're not there yet, then this meal is not for you today. Uh, Second group, with some of our uh, pathfinders and platforms, some of our teenagers uh, in church, again, the Church of England has uh, taught that this uh, uh, bread and the wine isn't to be given to, to young children. Uh, Because it's spiritually serious, because there's a weightiness to it, much like you wouldn't sort of dish out the fine china uh, when uh, the grandkids come round, uh, this meal isn't for young children. But some of our teenagers uh, might be starting to get to the point, and it's been a couple of years since we've done this, or a year and a half, and in that time might be starting to think, might this be for me? And I I know that Jesus died for me, and I, I want to live for him, and I'm looking forward to that feast, and... And if that's you, then have a chat with your mum or your dad or um, uh, with someone who's been at the front, Sarah, or Pete, or or Paul, or me. And uh, maybe that is uh, time uh, for you to start doing that. I wouldn't do it today without talking to someone, but if you want to, do talk to someone. Again, we'd love to help uh, you make those steps uh, towards sharing this meal. A third group, then, uh, would be those who are... Or who are cherishing sin at the moment. And there's something that uh, you love, that you know Jesus hates, and you won't let go of it. And again, Jesus would say, Paul would say, Don't come here, please. Whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord will drink judgment, eat and drink judgment on themselves. Much better in that case. If there's no intention of following the Lord in one area of life, much better to stay in your seat than to sin against his body and blood. And finally, fourth group. Christians who sin. Which, of course, is just another way of saying, Christians, Christians, Because the danger of what I've just said is that some of us think, but I I do sin and I will sin and I can't seem to stop sinning and so maybe this isn't for me. And that would be wrong. The question I think to ask ourselves is is there a sin or a pattern of life or thought or speech or whatever it is? Is there something which right now I love and want to hold on to? The question isn't, did I sin this week? Of course you did. The question isn't, do I think right now in my heart of hearts that I'll be able to stop sinning this week? Of course you won't. The question is, do I want to follow Jesus? This meal is for sinners because Jesus is for sinners and in it we receive him. And so if you're hungry... If you're weak, if you're afraid, if you are unclean, if you're faint, if you're afraid, come. Come and draw near with faith. Receive the body of the Lord which was given for you and his blood which was shed for you. Eat in remembrance that Jesus died for you. And feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving.